Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job, and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host, Thomas Frank. Hello, and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast. I'm Thomas Frank, and today... We are doing another reader Q&A episode. I'm here with my roommate, Martin. What it who is. Who is a thug. Or and something. also the founder of Howlyglot.com, which is a cool-ass language learning site. And the dude who did all the coding, well, 95% of the coding, I mucked around a bit and messed a few things up, on the new SIG redesign. So uh, today we're going to be playing Mario Kart 8. Well, he's going to be playing it. I'm going to be... Losing. Losing. Um, because I am unequivocally worse at this game. Unlike the last game, where I'm maybe comparable? I don't know. Anyway, guys, before we get started, if you have questions about college, study tips, being more productive, getting internships, or running a multinational crime syndicate, whatever your uh, curiosity hits upon... We want to answer your questions on the show, and I'm always answering questions on email as well. I write horribly large novels to people who email me, and I need to work on brevity. But if you have a question, email me, thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. Can't guarantee that I uh, won't ask Martin for his input, and maybe he'll insert some stupid jokes into the answer. But you'll get some good answers, and we'll get some questions to answer on this podcast. Uh, before we get into the actual questions, two new segments that I mentioned on the last episode with Jenny Blake. First one, resources of the week. And I didn't even let you pick the resources this time, but maybe next time. First resource, our tool of the week is Pack Pack, Pack Back Books. And they're a cool new startup out of Chicago. And the whole gist of what they want to do is offer $5 per day digital textbook rentals. So, you know, most of you who are in college and us who are done with college know that you you buy the textbook for a class. And how often would you say you use your textbooks in your classes? Uh, the only important part, the teacher put online anyway, so not at all. Yeah, so you, sometimes you never use a textbook. Uh, sometimes it's like there's one homework assignment where he's like, oh, there's questions in the back of the book to use. Or sometimes you want to, like, review the vocab at the end of the chapter. That's how they get you. But you don't need to pay 40 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, or whatever it costs to have the textbook all the time. So what they're trying to do is build a system where you can pay $5 per day to rent a book. You can just rent it for one day. And it's pretty awesome. I wrote a comprehensive guide on getting the cheapest textbooks, which I will link to in the show notes. I've linked to them there. And while they don't have a whole ton of books in their system now, I think it's 2500 at this point. It's a good place to check when you're looking for books for next semester. Moving right along here, this week's featured learning resource is the book Networking Fundamentals by Colin Wright. And Colin is uh, one of my friends and somebody that I've been looking up to for a long time. And he had an older networking book. And this isn't computer networking. This is making friends and I was shaking hands and putting on a suit and maybe not doing that one. Uh, but the first one, you know, he had it online. It was free. And he also had a 99 cent digital Kindle edition you could buy, which I did buy because I love reading books on my iPad. And uh, Networking Fundamentals is his second version of the book. He's updated it, given a new title, and the first one was awesome. So check it out. It'll be in the show notes. You can read it online for free if you want or get the 99-cent book edition uh, for just a buck. Yeah. Um, Then the second segment, Listener Tip of the Week. During each episode, I want to feature a tip from a listener in the areas of doing better in school, Uh, landing jobs and internships, or managing your money and getting out of debt. 
And if you have a tip you want to have featured on the show, email it to me, thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. Let me know your name. If there's anything you want me to say like about you, maybe your website or your Twitter, uh, put that in your email and then let me know what your tip is. I'll feature it on the show. This week's feature tip is from my friends over at listenmoneymatters.com. They're the podcast that I listen to every morning when I go for a walk. And I'm pretty sure Matt's the one who runs the Twitter. So this is from Matt. He said, try carrying only cash. When you go about your day, you'll you control your spending because you physically have to watch the money disappear from your wallet rather than using a card where you just swipe it and you kind of have to just think how much money is in my account. And I've done this before. It definitely works. I don't know if you ever done the cash method, but I no, I, I just hate cash, but that's <laughs> just me. Well, I, see, I, I was always because of it. I spend way too much on groceries all the time. So I paid the price. Dude. Uh, so their their episode this morning was about uh, was about cooking and, and on a budget and eating well. I'm really bad. And at I that. was like, we are terrible at that. And even now that I've gotten into a good routine of like eating the same thing every day, I did the math on it. I spend like four hundred and fifty bucks a month on groceries. Yes, I spend I spend like maybe maybe a hundred less than that, but still I'm one man. I don't know if this is necessary. Well, Matt was saying it is delicious. He, he eats the same thing every day. He only eats two meals a day, and he only spends two hundred bucks a month on groceries. Well, then. But then Andrew is married, and he eats three meals a day, and he was like, "Yeah, me and Laura spend four hundred dollars a month on groceries Ooh. for two people." Ooh, I'm feeling bad. And I'm like, okay. And Matt shops at Whole Foods. Well, maybe I should try the carrying cash thing. Maybe that'll do something. Mm, yeah, I got used to carrying cash in Japan because you kind of have to. You can get uh, a little Subway card, but everything else so is cash Subway, only. Like, eat fresh? Well, you could eat fresh like food. Like you could from, only eat Subway? You could eat fresh food from the convenience stores on the Subway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me enough. tell you about how I will never go to a Subway in Japan or in America if I can help it. <laughs> All right. Uh, show notes for this episode are at CIGpodcast.com, SyncPodcast.com. Uh, that takes you to the main podcast page on the site where you can scroll down, find the link to episode 25, reader Q&A number two. And there you'll find all the quotes, uh, summary, and links to things we mentioned in this episode. So check that out. Uh, and that's all I have to do for the intro of this episode. So let's get into the first question and play some Mario Kart. Question number one. All right, so this question comes from Ransom Patterson, who uh, Ransom has been emailing me, he's been tweeting me, he's been a really engaged listener and reader of the podcast, or reader of the blog, listener of the podcast. So I'm going to give you a shout out, shout out to Ransom, doing good stuff. And your question is, how do you balance all the cool stuff you're doing, podcast, blog, traveling, self-motivated learning, ETC, with your personal life, specifically spending time with your girlfriend? My girlfriend and I are both concerned that this coming semester, with both of us being busy with harder classes and extracurriculars, that we won't have enough time to spend with each other. What are your tips for maintaining that work-life balance, as it were? All right. Let's get into our first race. Did you pick Wario for me? Oh, no. Uh, no, no. Okay. But I am about to pick Waluji. Best racer. Shout out to well, Waluji. pick Mario. That's, he's That's bad, such though. a dumb, bad name. What is yes. this? this Mario is not even fun to mispronounce. Uh, you just unlocked a piece. Ooh. Uh. I got wheels for doing nothing. Congratulations. I think somebody else probably played this. By the way, Ransom, um, this is a great example of work-life balance. Because we oh, are... That's a good point, actually. ...playing video games. And, uh, this is work. I, I, I contend this is work. Where's the cool jet bike? Do you, I even have that? You have... Yeah, you should have that. I think that's a default. Is actually, it? Actually, I'm not sure. I don't know if it is. This is maybe I, it's not. I have the sport bike. That's the same stats. So. Is it okay? I'm gonna use a sport bike. But now. you definitely do not have any of the pieces that I run. <laughs> so there we go. I can put wooden wheels. That's a bad idea in real life. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. What's the button to see my stats? Plus uh, one. Yeah. Plus. There one. we go. I'm not gonna use wooden wheels. I'm gonna use. Uh, You've unlocked nothing. I'm going to use retro off-road wheels. Actually, I don't know if I'm going to. They're like the same as hey, standard wheels. Yeah, but they're white, though, so they're cool. What are you trying to say? Why things are cool? I'm trying to say why tires are dope. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, which uh, which pre here? Uh, I don't even know. Ooh, this one has harbor. I'm going to do this yeah, one. Yeah, pick that one. I like yeah, that this, one. This one's a good one. The fire flower pre whatever. Okay. Question time. Question time. All right, work-life balance. So this is a problem that you and I deal with a lot. All the time. 
And um, so I guess let's just start running through some of the like little hacks to stay productive and also maybe some of the tools we use to keep everything in check. Because I know personally uh, it can really just kind of get into work mode like all the time. Oh, yeah. It's a it's honestly kind of a bad habit if you don't learn to manage your productivity and you plan on relating with other humans. So it's just as important, if not more, a little bit to manage that just as well as your productive habits. Yeah, definitely. In fact, so, uh, you know, I've gone through a lot of different productivity hacks and, and different uh, getting things done sort of things, uh, strategies and all that kind of stuff throughout college and afterwards. And what I'm doing now is really simple, actually. It's just kind of setting a specific time to to have free time. So, like, instead of saying, oh, I'm going to have free time whenever I get done, that's, I've realized... It's not going to happen. Yeah, I've realized over the years that work expands to fill the time allotted for it. So, if I say, I have to go hang out with my girlfriend at four, which every day I go to the gym with her, and I have to make time for hobbies, I have to read every day or play a video game that I'm going through, that means my work time is naturally limited. So I get up, I start work at like eight. I can only work until around four. And, you know, that's, like, that's an eight hour work day, which as an entrepreneur is often less than you'd spend normally. <laughs> but uh, it works out for me, I think. But you you still have school. Yeah. You know, I don't have that. So yeah, I kind of want to hear from you and like how you're managing um, more uh, more complex array of things. Okay. So basically... I've used like 9 million different productivity tools, Trello, Wonderlist. I have a whiteboard that I had a complicated matrix of checkboxes on, and I just started trying Habit RPG. But no matter what you're using, or even if you're using nothing, it's I think it's important to have, A, you got your productive goals, your schoolwork and your stuff, but B, you should also put some sort of requirement for the fun stuff, like... I just started Habit RPG, which turns your habits into this cool little 8-bit like RPG avatar, and it's going to make me feel like a nerd. But basically, there's a habits section where you put in good habits, and I've got it in there to where I will give myself the extra experience and gold you get for completing tasks if I read for a certain amount of time that day, or if I play video games for at least 20 minutes. So, in addition to other things like work on your work on your blog for an hour, do schoolwork for however long, I'm making sure to reward myself just as much for remembering to keep myself sane. And as far as girlfriend stuff goes, not only do I try to be done working by around 5 or 6 for the day, nothing else, but I always make sure that I have at least Saturday free. Always. Saturday is my no-work day on basically anything, personal or otherwise. Unless, yeah. But if that's not possible, at least do something. Make a day that's your easiest and just note that you deserve time to relax. If you don't plan it, you'll forget it if you're too into your work, and that's a pretty bad habit. Yeah, I've noticed that you know it gets really easy to just kind of sink into a routine of working and, and just taking everything as it comes and not really planning this out. And I want to I wanna focus on the whole, like, spending time with your significant other deal or, you know, hanging out with friends if you're not currently dating anybody. Because uh, the book I read recently, The Motivation Hacker by Nick Winter, you're reading that, right? I just finished it this morning, actually. Great book. Yeah, it's an awesome book. It's really short. I think it was, like, three bucks, and I read it in a couple days. Short is good. It won't take up too much of your time. Yeah. I think you got a better boost than I did. That's because I'm better than you. <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know what? I got fourth place in the last race and I'm going to... Okay, I was going to go for that boost pad. But now Maybe you didn't hack your motivation <laughs> enough. <laughs> I need to hack my motivation a little better. But, uh, yeah, well, get ready for my red shot. I don't, even know. I don't even know. Oh, you're, you're just... I was talking about the motivation hacker and he specifically talks about uh, creating goals for hanging out with his girlfriend. Like, and he, you know, he mentions that people might think that gamifying or, or, or like putting down specific goals for your romantic life is kind of weird. Yeah. Maybe it sounds off at first, it's really but hot, though. He, he makes a really good point. Like as weird and nerdy as that is, it's a lot worse to just never hang out with your girlfriend or just kind of take it as it comes. And I, I totally agree. So uh, I think it's good to like actually plan out 
specific things that you're going to do with your girlfriend rather than just kind of saying, oh, I guess we'll uh, hang out tonight. And you, you wouldn't actually have had this big project you were doing the whole entire year, which is kind of ensure that you hang out frequently, right? Yeah. Um... Although Which, it might be a good idea, like for other people, if they're like looking for something to do. So. I guess if you if you have anything, like that you can work on together, that's a pretty cool way to combine things. Because I've been my girlfriend Ashley, she's a great graphic designer, and I've been having her work with me on a lot of the art and stuff that I want to do for my blog. So that naturally brings us together, and. Uh, Yeah. Let's hold on. I'm on a hill. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got distracted. But yeah, there's that. There's uh, didn't even think of that. There's uh, an actual project we've been embarking on during our first year together was to visit every single park in Ames, which is the city we live in. How but many parks did it end up being? It's like, it was roughly 24 ish. A couple of them were bonus. A couple. One of them wasn't even technically in Ames. It was just a bonus park. But we just finished that, actually. We got the very last park on our anniversary, which was pretty dope. We got pictures of all that, but it's it was fun collecting them all and trying to organize it, especially so that it would specifically land on our anniversary. We got a whole year worth of seasons in those pictures. So try to think of some really cool goal project thing like that, because not only does it make sure that you're doing things, but looking back, if you take a bunch of pictures and stuff, you're going to capture a whole lot of memories doing that kind of a project. And it's yeah. going to be worth doing. And I kind of want to talk about the thing that uh, Anna and I did for her birthday. Cause Ooh, that was really it cool. Was, it was pretty fun. So uh, my girlfriend's also a graphic design major, and she is also a huge nerd. Ash is a huge nerd, too, but only for Harry Potter and Disney. Yeah, yeah. Anna likes anime. She likes video games. She probably plays more video games than I do. Uh, and one thing I always liked to do when I was a kid was like set up scavenger hunts and hide things from my brother and like have him find him. So it was her birthday was coming up and she was gone for the weekend. And I was like, I don't want to just get her a present and give it to her. Like, that's, you know, that's cool and everything. But uh, so I came up with the idea to make like a scavenger hunt. And, there, you know, originally it was like, I'll just put one note, in one location that'll lead to the next in whatever. But then it got pretty ambitious so I coded an entire like PHP database driven website with a grid that would slowly reveal a QR code every time she solved a different <laughs> puzzle. And there were nine puzzles. But to even find the website, she had to like go through this Assassin's Creed style code wheel puzzle that I hid in a journal and then find the website. And then uh, after that, there were nine different missions and each one were just kind of a thing that we had to do together. So I built it so like she'd have to play a game of joust against me on like the Atari. Uh, we had to go for a hike and find a specific code word hidden in a forest. I like hid things in the library at the university. So we had to go like find that. And I did all sorts of like cool code stuff in there too. And what ended up happening was we had like an eight hour day together where we were like doing these things. And I pretended that I was like, a different version of myself who didn't know the answers to any questions so she couldn't ask me for any help and it was a lot of fun and I just like I remember like realizing holy crap this is way more fun than just sort of casually saying oh we'll just hang out whenever you know this is a lot more I don't know planned out and active and I think it's important to do that stuff like that and also if you do stuff like that then you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna uh, get distracted you know, when you're working, because you're going to value the time that you have blocked out for spending time with friends or spending time with your girlfriend. And you're going to want to get your work done earlier and faster. So you have that time. So, yeah, that's my uh, that's my brag. <laughs> it, the it, it was pretty dope. It's worth bragging. <laughs> I did like it. Also, uh, I would like to point out that the prize that she found at the end was just a picture of dick butt. And it was really funny. <laughs> and I did give her a present later on. But, yeah. So, let's see here. Do we have anything else to talk about with work-life balance? You mentioned Habit RPG. And you know um, what? I do. I would love for you to write a post. I almost want to do a I, podcast episode after will, we've done it for a while. Yeah, after, after I've experienced it for a little bit, I will almost definitely write a review about that. But, yeah, like, we... It's super So, cool. you found it yesterday, right? Yeah, I just started it yesterday. 
Really excited. Yeah, so I have been a Lyft fan forever. I love Lyft. Uh, interviewed the CEO of Lyft, episode 16, I want to say. And Lyft helped me build some pretty strong habits, like flossing every night and doing push-ups and everything. But lately, you know, Insane. personally, I've gotten a little bored with Lyft because I, I get to see stats. But there's, I don't know, I guess I'm a little bit too much of a gamer and Lyft is a little too casual for me. So he showed me Habit RPG and you get like a little character and then you set up habits and daily tasks and to-dos and when you do them you get experience points and uh, you can level up and get equipment for your dude. But the thing that I like the most is you can join parties with your friends and there are boss fights in the game and bosses can damage you if you don't do your habits. So if you're in a party with a friend and that friend doesn't do their habits. They don't do their homework or they don't do what all the, you know, their push-ups and sit-ups or running or whatever they set up. Then you could get uh, knocked back a level or you could lose some of the equipment you have. And that puts a lot of pressure on each person in the party because you're not just pulling, you're not just uh, doing this for your own sake anymore. Yeah, you're going like, to hurt your friends. You got to pull your weight. Otherwise, you're going to hurt your friends. So I love it for that reason. There's also like these guilds that are really, really big communities where people help each other out in certain areas. Like I joined a writer's guild the other day. There's one for nerd fitness, which is pretty cool. And I think we should probably make a College Info Geek one if we see enough interest in this. Yeah, possibly. Which would be pretty cool. But yeah, I it love that. It looks like it has a lot of potential. I'm really excited to use it for a little longer and see what else I can unlock. Yeah. I can't pause before the race starts. Dang it. I need to get my boost. I didn't even get the boost. I'm going to pause real quick. Uh, let's go into the next question. Hopefully we answered that adequately, Ransom, and hopefully my email answer was also a good supplement to that. All right, question number two. This is one that really resonates with me as well. So this one's from John. I don't think I got a last name on it. Uh, he says, I really get down on myself all the time. Uh, for all the time I spend studying stuff I know I'll never use again. I'm engineering and it's a ton of really dense, really technical material that drains you of your mental energy. And I get super depressed thinking about how I'm paying to burn my mental energy on this when in all reality, it's not going to give me a whole lot of value down the road. Uh, how did you manage your classes and creative endeavors like contributing often to your blog on top of all the website maintenance and all that kind of stuff? I work my ass off to get all A's and it's not easy, but I'd honestly rather be just pursuing my own personal projects and making money and doing what I want to do. So another freaking great question. I feel your pain, John. <laughs> I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because you're like dealing with it like now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I still have another semester before I can graduate. And uh, it's very frustrating when you have uh, other ideas that you want to do and you're stuck doing these classes that you know aren't going to do anything. I just took a supply chain class, and no, no offense to supply chain, but it has nothing to do with my career that I want to do, so I know that I'm not going to remember any of what I'm learning, like, maybe a week after the class is over. So, honestly, one of my biggest things that I've done, which may not be, it's not universal advice, please don't do this if you haven't considered it, is I don't try to get all A's anymore. I've decided that in order to impress recruiters, I'm just going to do a bunch of badass stuff on the side, like run my blog and develop Tom's redesign and do all this other stuff. And due to the other stuff on my resume, no one has ever asked me about my GPA. So for me, it's worked. It doesn't work in all situations, so dear God, do not follow that if you're <laughs> in a career path that needs a good GPA. Yeah. In that case, just make sure that you can dedicate some of your time to something else so that you're still happy about what you're doing. Don't let yourself be fully consumed by the homework. Make time for something new. Yeah, I would say, you know, know what your goals are. So if you know that you're going to get into a career path that requires, you know, there, there are companies out there that do look at GPA and they want to see a high GPA. I don't know about companies that want yeah, to see 4.0s. It definitely depends on where you're going. But but honestly, I, I took the same strategy. I knew that, you know, my goals were eventually it got to the point where I wanted to build my blog up and turn it into a business. So I didn't even need to find a job. And even before that, I had done an internship. I had done several on-campus positions. I had done freelance. I had my blog. I knew and I talked to a lot of people, uh, professional people who could uh, confirm this, that my grades weren't going to matter that much. And in fact, 
it got it gets to the point where eventually you can find a position that doesn't even care about your resume because you can show them the work you've done. Martin has two really good recommendations just from the uh, the redesign of College Info Geek from me and the developer of the the framework that we built it on, and that on top of just showing off a portfolio, showing off the skills. I'm guessing your resume really didn't factor a whole lot into um, your recent interview, right? Uh, not not that much. I mean, basic questions about it, but mostly questions about the extracurricular things on it. The school parts, in, in most interviews that I've had, especially the recent ones where I'm looking at stuff for post-graduation and, and it's just the, the classes aren't being asked about as much because that's not the area I'm going in. I want to be a web developer. My classes aren't on web development, so they're less relevant. So that rhymed. But <laughs> it, it depends on what you're going into. If, you, if you're stuck getting a 4.0 for what you want to do, then you're going to want to make sure that you dedicate more of your other time to, uh, to things that you care about. Find a ways to get an A without getting a high. You can get, get a 93. That's still an A. Don't even worry about the last 7%. Just make it as easy as possible to get what you need on the grades so that you can focus on the stuff that actually matters. Or just get a B. <laughs> yeah, if, Honestly, if you don't have to get A's, then, then by all means, don't care about them. That's what I was going for. Hey, we unlocked a new character. It's and not Wall-Ludgy, so it's not a good character. How, how long does it take to unlock Wall-Ludgy? Well, he's, he's instant. Oh, you have him. Yeah, I'm what using it. What did we get, like, Danica Patrick? I wish we could I, get Danica I, Patrick. I do, too. Danica Swagger, because... Okay, she's your character, but I still like her. She's the best. I want Batman. Why couldn't Nintendo get the rights to that? That... I'm sure that's pending. So there are 12 racers, right. uh, and I'm in... I'm sixth. All right. On a Grand Prix, so I am above 50%. That's... And I was watching the... Decent. I was watching the Daily Show. Actually, it was Colbert today. And apparently there's, like, these new regulations going into effect on the kind of food that can be served in school cafeterias. So to get around it, Domino's Pizza is making a personal pan pizza that has 51% whole wheat crust. <laughs> and that teaches our kids that 51% is a passing grade, so 6 out of 12. So there you I'm go. Get, get a 51% in all your classes. According to Domino's, everything will be great. If you want to work at Domino's. Race. You can and work at Domino's with a 51%. 50. I think it's hilarious that they, they... So they made the... They made the crust taste like white crust. That's... They're making it healthier, but they have no plans to sell it to the general public. Good on you, Domino's. You, you can make a pizza oh. that's healthier, but you refuse to sell it to everyone else. That's... <laughs> All right. Oh, man. That's... I don't want to think about that. That's just making me sad. So the end of this race put me off on a tangent. Um... <laughs> What I was gonna say uh, is, you know, there are there are industries and there are especially things like grad school, where that's wait, do we have Rosalina? No, oh, the characters her. are unlocked in a random uh, order, so you just have to keep winning. I'll keep right. winning the grand prix. You keep winning the grand prix. All right, I will keep being bad. I'm gonna be Toad now. Uh, maybe there are industries and there are things like grad school where there's the initial weed out where they do look for high grades. So my advice to you is look at your goals, you know, figure out how viable, how market viable your goals are. If your goal is to do something that's really risky or something that doesn't have a proven track record, you might want to have a little bit of a backup plan. But if your goal is something attainable um, and it doesn't really require crazy, awesome grades, then don't worry about crazy, awesome grades, because as long as you're putting a lot of effort into your other projects, then it's not going to matter that much. That is my take on it. Uh, also, you know, we talked about productivity and just trying to uh, to make your your work time more compacted, more efficient. That way, you never have to worry about, or I guess that way you're never like you're not getting distracted and you're not spending all your time working. Uh, on yeah, the priorities need to take time. And also, one thing that uh, I was interviewing. Uh, Ryan, who used to write for College of Book Geek, and I'm going to have him on the podcast pretty soon. And the thing he said was, you really have to focus on one thing at a time. 
And this is a problem that I have where I'll get up and I'll have five things on my to-do list for the day. I'll sit there and I'll be like, which one do I do? I don't know. Like, should I write this article or should I do my 30 minutes of reading now? And you get like this analysis paralysis where you don't really get into working. So what I've been experimenting with is putting blocks of work time on my calendar. So it's like now uh, I only do this and then I'll do the reading later or whatever it is. And you can also try out the uh, the Pomodoro technique where you set a timer for 25 minutes and you just do as much work as you can within that 25 minutes on one thing. No distractions, close everything, put your phone away. And what often happens is you kind of get into that flow state after that and you can uh, keep working. You're motivated at that point. You're not really indecisive or distracted. You're just kind of ready to keep working. So yeah, do you have anything else to add to this question? Uh, not much other than just I don't, find find some sort of way to manage your productivity, a task management, use Evernote, find all the life hacks that you can to make you work better so that you spend a little less time torturing yourself with the schoolwork you don't like. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So I want to get my little flower car flying down to this runway, but I'm going to pause real quick. Okay. Question number three. Uh, so this one's a little similar to the first one, but I think we can dig into one specific area. This one's from Hillary. She says, I have problems staying motivated, uh, motivated. I don't have this problem with schoolwork, uh, errand stores or things people usually loathe like paying bills or whatever. But I do have this problem with hobbies, uh, which is weird because hobbies are fun, right? So do you have any techniques to stay motivated to keep pursuing your hobbies? This is also one that yeah. we, you know we these questions have, really resonate. It's like today. these are some good ones. Questions that these. we would ask. Wow, I I feel bad. I just red shelled somebody and then I got red shelled myself and good. That put me. You're in first place. Well, I'm always you, in first place. You little smug. You know, Tom. We're not I'm even playing on hard mode right now. That's true. We're this playing is, medium. Hey, 100 CC is is better than 50, and that's all I'm gonna say. Fair enough. So, uh, so hobbies, uh, I want to put hobbies into the category of just fun things that aren't necessarily contributing to your business goals or your job, uh, but you want to do them. They're still goals. Cause I think it's, it's like hard to say that preparing for travel is a hobby. Um, but it's something that I want to do. And then there's also, you know, fun hobbies like playing video games, which I sometimes do when I'm not podcasting. And uh, it's actual just fun time. So I think you mentioned earlier that you make it a priority to schedule hobbies, right? Well, I tried I tried literal scheduling for a bit, but now I've been having it to where uh, I guess the since I can't I'm not going to get too detailed in the habit RPG, but my whiteboard thing I had it to where there were several repetitive tasks every week. Some were productive, and I had to do those five times, four times a week, whatever. Four, four days a week, I would do this. But I made sure to include things like reading and playing games, so I'd have to read for at least five minutes, five days out of the week. And I'd have to play games for at least 20 minutes, three days out of the week. Which means that I'm going to stop and take time to play. And you know, after the 20 minutes of games, I'm probably going to play for longer, because I've lost like the guilt that I initially feel because I'm I'm not working on something productive I feel bad I'm like I should I should be working right now what's wrong with me but if I make it so that one of my goals is to stay sane by still having fun and not overstressing myself remembering that mental health is important then I'm being productive by having fun and I stop feeling guilty about it and yeah, mental health is definitely important I was reading about Thomas Edison and how he didn't believe sleep was necessary. That's a bad call. It turns out that sleep is necessary, but yeah, Ooh. he didn't believe it. So he himself didn't sleep that much. And also he would pressure his workers to not sleep that much. Uh, well, we know now that I hope you paid sleep well. is a competitive advantage <laughs> because it makes you a better worker, think better and all that. And I think the same is true for hobbies. Like having time to have to do fun things guilt-free is good for your mental health and if you don't do it you're just gonna get burned out and super stressed and it's not gonna go well yeah don't be really sad and stressed and productive that's 
What's the point of being productive if you're going to end up all sad and stressed? Yeah. Work to live. Don't live to work. And, you know, you want your work to be something you enjoy, but it shouldn't be something you're always doing. And you have to become okay with do, with taking some time off. And so the biggest problem for me in the past, and still a little bit, has been, uh, you know, I'll get distracted while working, and then I'll do really low fun things. And this is something I want to... I want to address in my productivity book, and I even made like an illustration of it. Like uh, it's like a Goldilocks style illustration, you know, because there's the the too big, too small, just right kind of uh, picture in your head. So the way I applied it to this situation is there's like super low fun density things that are really easy to do, and uh, you can just do those in like two minutes, like going on BuzzFeed or or I don't even know, playing Puzzle and Dragons on your phone or playing Candy Crush. Just dumb stuff that takes up a lot of time, but you don't realize it's taking up a lot of time because it seems quick. And then there's just like going on vacation for a week or taking, you know, three days off to play Fallout or whatever. Uh, And that's, you know, that's obviously going to take up a lot of time. You could be working and you won't get stuff done. But then there's the middle ground where you say, okay, I can I can spare an hour a day to play a video game if I'm efficient about my work. So again, it all comes back to making a priority uh, of your video games or of your hobbies or whatever it is, of hiking or whatever. And uh, if you make that a priority, you're going to be more motivated to get work done. Ooh, how did the seventh place dude get blue shelled? Uh, they accidentally... Sometimes oh, okay. it, it runs through the course. It doesn't fly above you. It could hit everybody on the way to get me. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, this is one other thing. Um... You know, I did this thing, so I wanted to play all the Assassin's Creed games, which I'm almost done with, and then I was reading, like, five books and doing a bunch of other things. So, one of the uh, concepts for getting things done that I like to use is just the concept of missions, and I kind of learned this from uh, from Benny's book on language learning, which the name is, like, brain farting right now. What's the name of that book? Oh, Fluent yeah, in Three Months. Wow. I'm Fluent in Three Months, how uh, yeah, that one. anyone at any age can learn any language in any from anywhere in the world. That's like one. that. Lots of any's. Lots of any's, yeah. He talks about mini-missions in your uh, language learning mission. So if you're bad at... I got second. Oh, my God. I'm not even done. So, you know what? I don't think it's that bad. And I just got lightning. This is... You know what? Why okay, I was, ju- I was just sad for a second. So, ba- back to Benny's book... <laughs> Uh, this and the next part of the segment will be spoken in Spanish. That Yo Quiero talk about that is going to be very difficult for to me. do in conversation style. <laughs> he uh, he says do mini missions. So if you're bad at pronunciation, then do like a three day uh, sprint to learn pronunciation. Set up a bunch of Skype interviews with native speakers. Or if you're bad at grammar, then like set a couple days to learn grammar. Really really hardcore and. Um, so I kind of took this, this this concept and applied it to my life in general. Like, can I have a mission that I'm working on at any given time? I've got my cyclical things, writing blog posts every week, recording podcasts, answering emails. All this stuff has to be done all the time. But can I, like, dedicate some free time every day to pursuing this mission? And the first mission that I set up for myself was redesigning the uh, website, which we are now done with. And then the next mission was just finishing all the stuff I had committed myself to. The five books, all six Assassin's Creed games, and I made it a priority. And I mean, like, I have the time now. As long as I get my work done, I have the time to do that. So, uh, at this point, I'm on the sixth game. I've read all but... I think I've read all the books, so I'm done with the books. The game is, the, like, the last thing on the list. And then uh, after that, the mission will be writing my book. So you can make hobbies a mission if you have a bunch of them that you want to pursue as long as you make time for your work as well. Yeah. Anything else to add, yo? Uh, not particularly at the moment. I think that's I think that's good for that one. Uh, I just said uh, trick. When do you want to pause? I'm here? gonna pause it at the most inopportune moment for you. All right. If like, you're, gonna, you're gonna watch my screen to do that, then it's gonna not help you very much. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll do it like now. Actually, that was not the pause button. That's the A button. All right. Number four. Uh, and I'm going to butcher this name. 
And I'm sorry that I'm, I'm probably going to butcher. I'm very sorry about this. But this, uh, this question is from Oluwasimidele. And uh, he asks, I have a question regarding internships. I just finished my first year of college. And this summer, I am absolutely internshipless. I do have some volunteer opportunities, a nursing home, a church, and I shadowed a doctor for a month during the school year. For a pre-med student, do you think I'm on the right track? Or am I woefully behind with internships and experience? So, uh, I got a question for you, Martin. Yeah? Are you a pre-med student? No, I am not even slightly as qualified in medical areas as a pre-med student. Are you at least majoring in something different than I majored in? No, I am definitely just having the same major as you. Well, crap. No, it's actually cool, though. Um, So, Ryan, somebody who used to write for College Info Geek, was a pre-med. He's now a med student. And in the next episode of the the College Info Geek podcast, I will be interviewing him about his entire journey from being a pre-med to going to med school and everything in between. And I do ask him about the internship question and all that. So you'll get to hear about his experience and learn some things specific to pre-meds in the next episode. Right now, I just want to talk about our experiences with internships and uh, maybe just kind of give some perspective for, uh, you know, our personal oh. stories and our majors. So um, I guess mine's more typical. So I'll start. I didn't do an internship after my first year of college either. But what I did do was I got a job at... It was basically, I was an orientation assistant, and at my school it's called being a cyclone aide, where you basically, you give tours to the uh, people who are going to be freshmen next year, you help them sign up for classes, you basically know everything about the college, and you answer any question from them or parents, and uh, it was a, it was an awesome job. So that was my first summer after college, and I learned a ton from that. I learned how my school works, I learned, uh, I learned how to be a better speaker, a better communicator. I learned how to answer questions and keep cool under pressure because parents ask some awkward questions sometimes. And it was awesome. But it wasn't an internship in my major. And I did worry about it a little bit. Um, So I really wanted to get an internship after my second year of college. And I started really, really early looking for uh, this, this internship. So I think it was August of my sophomore year, I started looking for internships. I started putting my application everywhere and I got seven interview offers. Um, but I had gone to a conference put on by the principal financial group, which was like kind of like a freshman leadership conference the year before. And because I had done a lot of networking and made sure to keep in touch with people I met there. And then I showed up at the career fair and the pre-career fair nights and talked to them at every single opportunity I had when it came time to get the internship, they called me and they were like, hey, we don't need to interview you. We think you're going to be a great candidate. Do you want to intern for us? And I was like, yeah. So I didn't end up going to the seven other interview requests, but I had an internship and it was great. And uh, I learned a lot there. It was a big company internship, but it's not really uh, factoring into what I do now. I guess the only thing that factors into what I do now is the fact that I did an internship. I did three months in a big company and I learned that it's not for me. Um, you know, I made connections and everything, but I don't think it has been essential to anything I'm doing right now. But yeah, I, the thing that I want to point out though is that I also did a lot of things like uh, you did, you know, the, the volunteer things, um, I had part-time jobs. I worked as a web developer. I worked in the tech support uh, department on campus. I did all that kind of stuff. And that really gave me a lot of experience and helped me make connections. And really, I was just focused on staying active and doing a lot of extracurriculars. So um, props on doing that. And I would say, you know, as long as you get some sort of experience within the next year, you're going to be fine based on my experience. Uh, But your experience, you haven't done a full technical internship, have you? I had, uh, I worked for my community college at first as a desktop support tech guy. And that was technically an internship, but it was really not any different than the tech jobs that I work here that aren't internships. I just had a student job at IT, basically. So I've never worked for a business that was not my college in spite of that, I still do pretty well 
in most of what I'm doing at this point because everybody that I talk to about stuff for post-graduation and the people I just want to connect with, they're really interested in the other stuff I've been filling my time with instead of internships like my website, working for Tom, doing freelance stuff. The well, the languages, but that doesn't apply to everyone. But just the hobbies and staying interesting, really, because internships are cool, but they're not always going to make you stand out from everybody else who had the same internships. So, if you can't have an internship for a certain amount of time, if you can't find one for the summer, then just make sure that you're doing really cool stuff for the summer. That way, you can add that to maybe an internship that you get in the future, and then you'll look super dope. Yeah. So it's really all about getting those extracurricular experiences. Um, the thing I always like to say is show up and have something to show. So take opportunities, show up at events, networking events, conferences, all that kind of stuff, whatever you can find. And just make sure you're doing something. Uh, it could be running a blog like I did. It could be volunteering, shadowing somebody, working with your church, whatever it is. Get things outside of your classwork, even if it's not a technical or a full internship. It's going to be impressive to somebody. So uh, I think it's a pretty pretty concise answer, but it's a pretty good one too. Yeah, not being pre-med, we can't do specifics on that experience. So the next podcast yeah. will definitely be more thorough for that. Yeah, with, the next uh, one was Ryan, awesome. Because so. Ryan's, Ryan's in his, uh, I want to say, third year of actual med school. So he's had the four years of, I want to say, microbiology, and then three years of actual med school and all that comes in between. So that's going to be some really insightful stuff for anybody in that kind of a major. And he's also got some study techniques for people who are in really technical majors like engineering and science majors who have more homework than we do. Because let's face it, we don't have that much homework. I did not pick my major (laughs) thinking that I would. So I specifically picked my major because I figured it wouldn't be super hard. Yeah. And like that was a conscious decision, not because I'm lazy, but because I wanted time to work on my own stuff. Yeah, same same thing with me. I wanted to focus on extracurriculars, so I just picked a major that I'd be good at without having to spend nearly as much time as engineers and yeah. med students. And good job, all all you guys and girls with uh, oh heck yeah with yeah the crazy hard majors. I don't want to like put down anybody who's in a different kind of major at all, but because they're great, it does bring one thing to mind that I often think about, and it's that when you're a college student, it feels like college defines your life, but it really doesn't. College is a very compact set of opportunities and, and classes and requirements, and it you know it becomes a very big part of your life. But it isn't everything, and so every like requirement that your college says, you know, that you need to do an internship, you need to do blah 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 blah. That's what your college is saying, but they don't define your success. You define your success, and you find opportunities, and they can be opportunities outside of the classroom. They can be traveling randomly to Japan and learning a lot about the world in that experience. They can be going, you know, going and doing a volunteer experience or, or working for someone for free or, you know, doing freelance web design like I did. There's all kinds of stuff you can do that's going to help you in the long run, even if it's not technically part of the path of a college student. And I think it's just a good thing to keep in mind. Yeah, grow, grow as a person, not just as a student. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that, you know, this podcast and the articles that I write, they're not necessarily just applicable to students because I've learned this over the years that college is it's a thing. It doesn't define you. It's just a thing you're doing that takes up a lot of your time. Hey, we got a Mohawk guy and I don't want to be him. (laughs) He looks really dirty. You you sounded so excited for a second and then you just made fun of him. He's like this guy. This is like the other guy. It's like two of Yeah, the the little Koopa kids are not my favorite (laughs) because their names don't end in Udgy like Waludgy and Babby Ludgy. And regular logic. <laughs> but I, I guess they're all right. All right. Swag.com. I think we're on to the last question of our five. Season Cinco. Is that, uh, does that mean five? Yeah. Go. Each and each song, you go. Mostly Tim and Eric, Season Cinco. Oh. What a good show. Well, yeah, mo- moving on good from show. Tim and Eric. Eric Andre. <laughs> I've finally gotten over the hurdle of getting into college, and I'm off to uh, start freshman year this fall on a full tuition and room and board scholarship. So you're going for free! Nice job. Uh, And this is from Elena, or Elena. You could pronounce it either way, and I don't know how she pronounces it, so I'm covering my bases. 
But congrats on your scholarship. And uh, some people are going to be jelly. I didn't. I had to pay off debt, so I'm a little jelly, but whatever. Uh, I'm good enough at making friends, and I'm confident in my time management skills, but I'm most concerned about keeping my grades up. I need to maintain a cumulative GPA of 3.5 or above to keep my scholarship, and I'm studying physics. Ooh, this is one of those cases where the grades do matter, like I was saying earlier. Don't just blindly follow the Martin doesn't care as much about his GPA thing, because I didn't have this requirement. So clearly, you need to care a little bit more, so yeah. that's understandable. What do uh, I want to do these ones? Um, let's see, what, what, what is there? There's, uh, I mean, the basic task management stuff, keeping yourself organized is always helpful, but anything. Well, okay. So here's the thing that always worked best for me. And I learned this when I was studying statistics. Um, most classes for me, you could just kind of come in, sort of pay attention when you wanted to, and eventually it kind of like sinks in for the most part, you do just fine. Statistics was not like that for me at all. No. I had to pay attention 100% of the time, take super good notes, make sure... I always do the homework, but, you know, it was especially important that I did the homework and, and they understood it for that. So what I learned from that class is active studying, active note-taking, active learning is so much better and is so much more time-efficient than passive learning. It's crazy. And by passive, I mean, you know, just kind of trying to learn by osmosis when you study, just trying to like read through the book or skim it or scan it. Or my favorite, the way that Clyde used to study, <laughs> he'd just open the slides and sort of scroll through them with glazed over eyes. And I remember like watching him do this in the dorms and I'm like, do you think you're going to learn anything from that? <laughs> but I'm guilty of it too. Like for things I didn't care about, like communications class, I would just sort of glaze over the slides. Um, so if you take good notes, like if you use the Cornell method and you, and you try to summarize your notes at the end of class and add in questions, then you're going to automatically learn a lot more in class and cut down the required of study time that you need. And then if you learn actively by making like, quizzes for yourself, so if you take your notes and you sort of start learning how to turn, uh, turn them into questions, then that will increase the retention a lot better. You could put that in Anki. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know what? For physics, Anki would probably be a really useful... Yeah, for, like, fact-based learning and formulas and stuff, Anki. Yeah. So for those who don't know, what is Anki? Is it a... What is it? A tire? A uh, donut? That is something is like that. Cereal? Anki is a... Anki is a spaced repetition software for basically flashcards... But uh, spaced repetition is where you got your flashcards, and let's say that they're for red and blue in Spanish, because I can't think of anything else. So you got your rojo, and you got your azules. So, you study the flashcards. <laughs> you got your rojo. I can't, st I, I can't handle pronouncing it like that. You got so your fried chicken. You got them. You study the flashcards, you right? You do really card. well. You do really well at red. You get red every time. So you're not going to be required, due to the spaced repetition, to study red very much now because the software knows, hey, you're pretty good at red. Let's not even bother making you study that. But you do real bad at blue, so it's going to make you study blue way more often. So basically, the spaced repetition software takes the time to know what you've learned well and only forces you to keep studying the stuff you don't do so well. And uh, overall, even with the stuff you do well, it'll have you study it again right before you're likely to forget it. So basically the perfect time to make sure you have long-term memory for that stuff. I've used it to memorize a chapter's worth of uh, French vocabulary, for example, in like a week, and it was flawless. I, I knew all of it. And it's not because I'm some magic wizard. It's because that software really works if you stick on it and you do your studies every day. Right. So, um... Yeah, and they've done studies that um, the best time to learn something and, and like, kind of put it into long-term memory is actually that moment where you're about to forget it. Because you have to work very hard to retrieve it, and that just builds a better association in your mind than the easier, you know, all, it's like if it's a medium difficulty, then it doesn't ingrain it as much. So that's why space repetition works so well. It's beautiful. Do you do you have an article? Do you have an article about that? Uh, I think I have or, a very short. I like mean, Anki was one of the first things I ever wrote about. So I have a short article about mm -hmm. it, and I can link to that in the show notes. 
Uh, maybe we should do a maybe like space repetition app roundup at some point because there are more than maybe. just Anki. Uh, that's true. There are definitely more. And I guess I have an article about Anki on my website, but it's specific to language learning. So if you want to parse through that and translate it all into physics, maybe that'll make sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, but I it's think it's definitely not targeted at that, so you'll have to glaze as long as you the have language vocabulary. Yeah, and I think as long as you have a good example, it doesn't yeah. really matter exactly what the subject is in the example, as long as you can see exactly how to use it. And all yeah, that stuff. as long as you just take the concepts from it and apply it to what you're learning, space repetition is great. And but, I would assume uh, that physics has a lot of facts. I know, like people in chemistry, like um, oh. my my last girlfriend had to take OCHEM. And I had to help her go through stacks and stacks of, of these... Uh, stacks on stacks on stacks. Stacks on stacks. <laughs> <laughs> Jerome's the alpha male. Uh, yeah, stacks on stacks of these... Uh, what are they? Molecule diagrams. Ooh. And I don't understand any of those. But I would imagine that uh, they're not too fun to remember. But I think in space rep- repetition, you would start learning them quicker. All I know is that uh, carbon is the building block of life, so uh, each one's probably going to have carbon in it, probably. Shout out to carbon. Shout out to carbon. One of my favorites. Thanks, carbon. Without you, we'd all be hunks of granite or something similar. Good job. Why are, uh, we, why are we shouting out? I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But, uh, Sentient let's, element. Let's, we got... There's more than space repetition. Uh, what else we got? Evernote is an obvious one. I love Evernote, Evernote so much. Evernote has changed my life. No, actually, I did, I did actually use paper for statistics. Uh, but the cool thing about Evernote, and if you're like, if you want to do this, it's it's kind of a hit or miss thing that, that like to figure out if it's actually useful for you. But you can oh. digitize your notes in Evernote, oh. and it will make your handwriting searchable, and then you can look at your notes on whatever device you want, which is pretty cool. Try to have better handwriting than I do. Dude, my handwriting's crap, and it gets indexed by Wait, everything. Really? Yeah. I guess I haven't tried that feature since a long time ago, so I would bet that the algorithm is largely improved. Would you, like, write in wingdings before? My handwriting is mostly legible because I memorize it as I write it. It's mostly, like, a reference uh, point for me, not that I can actually read it. I just know the subject and remember what I wrote. So it's it's not that legible. That reminds me a little bit of Name of the Wind. Oh yeah, because yeah. uh, this yeah, is like that, not uh, really that much of a spoiler, but like there's a dude who can write. Yeah, chron- he like chronic. basically made his own little chronicler, s- length or alphabet that's like tiny little scratches, so he can write super quickly. Super dope. That would be cool if you could actually figure out how to do that. So yeah, there's a tip that you probably shouldn't actually do: figure out your own alphabet that's quicker to write in. That's and then translate it in your head. If, if you do it, if you please do that, t- let us know. Email me. I'll interview you, and <laughs> I'm gonna come over and give you a high five. That's pretty dope. I might not do that. I, ref- I, I have the right to not do that. <laughs> reserve the right to not. Yeah, reserve. That's what it was. Paducah, Kentucky, to give the one chronicler student. You it is a real place. Up. Okay, shout out to Paducah, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> I used to listen to Jeff Foxworthy when I was like nine years old, and he's like. If you're from Paducah, Kentucky, then your airport doesn't have any metal detectors. It just has a old lady going, I think he got something. Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't got anything suspicious in your suitcases, do you, boys? <laughs> All right. We have another race to do. Yep. So what, sh- like, what else do we talk about? I... I guess I could try to do the outro while I'm racing. This is a terrible idea. Uh, you, weren't, you weren't gonna win anyway. I'm just, just gonna go. I'm just gonna hit the A button, and uh, I'm gonna wrap this up by doing the outro because we have done the question. So hopefully, for those of you who ask questions, if you're listening to this, hopefully you got some value out of it. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna skip to that section actually. Uh, if you were listening to this and you weren't somebody who asked a question, or even if you were, go ahead and send another one. Uh, once again, we want to hear your questions. And we want to answer them on these reader Q&A episodes so I can play video games guilt-free and answer questions. So email your questions to thomas at collegeinfogeek.com or you can tweet them to me and at Tom Frankly on Twitter. Uh, get them to me however you want. We'll answer them. And uh, the show notes for this episode, if you want to get links to apps we mentioned, see the quotes, tweet things, whatever, share this episode with your friends, that'd be cool. Then sigpodcast.com. 
CIGpodcast.com. Find the episode 25 link and you'll get all that there. Uh, finally, I want to mention reviews on iTunes are huge for the success of the podcast. The more reviews that this podcast gets, the higher up in the charts it gets, and the more students can actually find it and get awesome information and hear from people who have done some awesome things. So if you're liking this podcast, if you have iTunes and you want to help the show out, go on iTunes. You can search College Info Geek Podcast and, uh, or just College Info Geek. You'll see the show and then write a review, leave a rating, tell me what you think. And you'll be helping the show out. And I actually want to read a review that we got today. And that is from, the review is from, uh, oh my goodness, one, two, three, four, five, the username on iTunes. And I just stopped going. So I'm going to get last place, but that's okay. Fair enough. Uh, five stars. I recommend this to people who aren't even in college. And uh, they say, I found out about the College of Vogue Geek podcast from another podcast I listened to, which is How Did You Get Into That? And which is the podcast that Grant Baldwin just came out with pretty recently. Grant's a good friend, and I was on his show. So actually, it's a good show to check out if you're looking for more things to listen to. Uh, he says, well, that podcast is somewhat helpful to me. This podcast is the most helpful and relevant thing to my life. There are lots of great tips for me to better myself, and I feel a lot more motivated hearing these tips and suggestions from someone who is still in college slash is right out of college than someone who hasn't been in college for years and may not understand how things are different now. I told my 16-year-old brother that when he goes to college, he should listen to this podcast and use the College Info Geek website. It's definitely one of my favorite podcasts. Thank you, oh my goodness, one, two, three, four, five. I hope that's your name in real life <laughs> because I want people to have to say, hey, what's up, oh my goodness, one, two, three, four, five. But thank you for that review. And to anyone else listening to this, reviews are awesome. So thank you if you leave one as well. And if you leave one, I'll probably read it on the show. Um, and that's about it. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back with more reader questions when we have reader questions. In the meantime, look forward to the episode with Ryan and uh, learning about being a pre-med student. Even if you're not, he's got some great study tips. See ya. Stay cool. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.